Welcome back, everybody, to Conversion to Christ podcast. And as you can see, we are in a new studio, which actually isn't a new studio at all. I am in my college library. I have moved to Hawaii. We are still going to continue finding people to share their stories of why they believe in Jesus Christ. If you are listening to this podcast episode and you would like to share your story, then please go on to any of my social media channels and contact me. All right, guys, let's get into this next episode. All right, everybody, welcome back to Conversion to Christ podcast. Today we have two special guests with us. We have, Of course, we have Shinobun back on the podcast. He's here almost every time there in Japan. But we're going to focus on today the Paul brothers. I So this is actually a funny story how I got to know them kind of was on my mission. I started listening to a podcast called Midnight Mormons. Now they're called Ward Radio. And I saw Jackson. I recognized Jackson Paul on Ward Radio. And I was like, wait, I know that dude. Like, why is he joining Ward Radio? So I looked you guys up <laughs> and I saw you had started the Stick of Joseph, which is a super cool channel. Um, if you guys want to just take like a couple minutes and just share like, what is the Stick of Joseph? Yeah, the Stick of Joseph is essentially just like something to fire people up about the Book of Mormon. So we talk about uh, archaeological and historical evidences. We talk about doctrine, just anything having to do with the Book of Mormon. And we interview people that are way smarter than us. So. Yeah, we kind of have taken advantage of Aiden's background in video production and my background in just being very interesting on camera. <laughs> um, no, dude, we literally, we could spend the next hour and a half just showing you home videos of us, just the videos that we've made. But essentially, we we both have had experiences in which maybe close people that are close to us have fallen away from the gospel of Jesus Christ. And, you know, as the Book of Mormon is a pillar of our religion, we have just sought to make some engaging media uh, to help people understand that you don't have to be stupid to believe that the Book of Mormon is ancient scripture and another testament of Jesus Christ. So that's that's the gist, I'd say. Mm -hmm. Dude, that's so cool. Before we get into your conversion stories, I want to say one of the coolest videos I watched was your guys' video on uniting America and how to do that was through the Book of Mormon. I was like, this is like, this is like the key, baby. Yeah, that was like really cool for me um, listening to that one. So I commend you guys. That's really cool. Um, Okay, well, let's just dive into your guys' conversion stories. So the reason I had them, I have them on the podcast today is because they're doing a lot. I mean, they're putting so much effort into helping others realize that the Book of Mormon is ancient scripture. It's of God. And there's got to be some deep story to why they do this. I think it's not very common for someone to give this much effort into helping others come unto Christ just by not having their own conversion story. Even though I know both of them were born into the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, but I think we all have our own conversion, um, even though we're not all technically converts by the definition. So let's just get started. Where where'd you guys grow up? How'd you grow up? Were you religious? Did you believe? When did you start believing? You can just eat. One of you can start. It doesn't matter. You go, Jack. No, you're first. You're the older brother. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I was, I was alive first, so I should start first. Okay. Were. So yeah, we grew up in an awesome family. We love all of our siblings are super close So me. Jackson are the two oldest. And then we have two younger sisters and our uh, one sister's on a mission right now. And our other sister, she's 13 or 14. She's 14. She's, She's 14. a ninth grader. She's six to me. She'll always be six years old to me. But <laughs> she, uh, yeah, so that's our family. We're all, we're all super tight. We grew up in the church. And, 
you know, like we 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 went through our different phases. Now Jackson can speak a little bit better about how I was in high school, mm-hmm. but and I'll let him share a little bit about that. But it, during high school, I definitely for a while went down paths that were not good. And then my senior year, I kind of had a little bit of a, a change of heart, and that's when that's when I first gained my real testimony of the Book of Mormon. But like, how was that? I'll I'll say Hayden, dude, God bless Hayden, because he set the bar so low for me (laughs) to like shine as like a good son or like student or like global citizen, stuff like that. (laughs) And so, dude, I thank him for that. Um, But no, he, we, we were super close. We shared a room up until we moved when Hayden went to high school and then we moved, got separate rooms. And then we kind of like, like we kind of went our separate ways a little bit in our lives and Hayden was more of like as he said you know going down different paths and like to give you an idea of like where he got to when I would go to hang out with my friends at night uh like on a Friday night whatever and I would call my mom to come pick me up Hayden would then like volunteer to come pick me up and then when I'd get in the car he just blast like the most explicit music <laughs> to piss me off and I would like ask him to stop. He's like, shut up. And I crank it. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, it was it was a huge blessing because my ninth grade years when like our high school started allowing ninth graders to go to high school with, you know, sophomore, junior, seniors. And Hayden was a senior in high school and he uh, had some some really good influences and some good experiences that led him to do about 54 hours worth of seminary yeah. makeup so so my <laughs> senior year so because like my junior year and for those who don't live in utah like in utah when you take seminary um you don't have to like do early morning seminary you can actually leave school during a certain period during the day go do your seminary and then come back to school right and so i always signed up for seminary but my junior year i kind of just used it as a way to not have to go to class and i would just go like watch netflix or something classic like that, bro right and so it was classic. I would go sometimes, but I just didn't really like it um, for whatever reasons. Sometimes it was teachers. Sometimes it's just my attitude. And what happened, though, is my senior year, I ended up getting my patriarchal blessing. And in it, it never says anything about seminary or anything like that. But during that experience, when I was getting the blessing, I just had this intense prompting that I needed to graduate from seminary. So I went into my seminary teacher. I was like, hey. I know I haven't been here often, but I feel like I need to like graduate. There's two months left of school. So how many hours do I got? And I can't remember the exact number. It's something between like, you know, 58 and 46 or something like that. Was, I can't remember exactly, but yeah. it was a lot. And I only had two months of school left. And so that was the first year that they implemented where to make up an hour of seminary, you had to be in the building for an hour mm. before you just had like worksheets you had to do. Yeah. But So what happened then for like my last two weeks of my senior year, I would go in uh, to seminary early morning, spend an hour reading the Book of Mormon. Then I would have seminary during the day and then I would go during lunch and read the Book of Mormon and then I would go after school. And that happened almost every single day in order for me to graduate. And I remember just specific mornings where I would like get in there at first i hated it right mm-hmm. i was i even though i knew i needed to do i didn't have the best attitude but i would just read the book of mormon and i was like dude there's actually sick stuff in here like it's really good and slowly over time i started to enjoy it 
And I remember it was like uh, maybe a week before school was out. The sun was shining. I was just leaving my early morning study sesh to go back to my first class at Brighton. And as I was walking out of the seminary building, I was looking at all the kids that were going to seminary for first period, you know, everyone from ninth grade to seniors. And I didn't know most of them. And I remember just looking at them and just like loving them. Like I, I loved these people and I didn't even know who they were, a lot of them. And I started crying with the sun shining on my face. And I just, that was the first time that I experienced, I was like, whoa, like these scriptures, learning about Jesus, like this stuff is real. And at that same time, I was reading mere Christianity for the first time. And that was when I was just like, dang, there's something to all this stuff. And so I'm grateful for that. And then, you know, me and Jackson got a lot closer during my senior year as I started to wise up. And yeah. so wait, so <clears throat> before like that point, did you like always know it was true? Like, were you like, oh, like, or did you just kind of follow because that's how you're raised? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I've never not believed in God and I don't think that necessarily comes from my upbringing. I just like in my soul, I just know that there's a God and I also believe in Jesus Christ. Like I know Jesus Christ is our savior. Yeah. So I never doubt with that. And also I never didn't, I never didn't believe in the book of Mormon at that time. Uh, I just, I, I just never used it. It was just yeah. like this gift. I was like, yeah, it's there, but I just never use it. I never allowed it and eventually if i would have continued you know just being apathetic towards it and this goes to everybody you know if we be apathetic to it, eventually we'll find reasons to not want to believe because our consciousness can only live our conscience can only live split for so long right before either you give up your values and you go down that route or you give up not living by your values and you decide to live by your values if that makes sense yeah i have two questions about that so one is why do you think, even though you knew all that to be true, that you still were going off the path? I'm just curious. Uh, just being a teenager, a lot of insecurities. Like during that time too, I struggled with pornography very heavily. Like every single day, I was hiding that. I was ashamed. And so, you know, when you feel insecure and your life is filled with shame and, and you know, just being a teenage boy is hard. And yeah. when I, I always, poor self-image, I thought it was the ugly the ugly one, the lame one the, of my friend group. And, um, because of that, I just, I, I was a freaking, I just followed peer pressure. Like people could, I, I was just like, okay, I, I, because I'm a loser in my head, I have to be like extra in order to get attention for people to like me. So I'm always pushing the, pushing the boundaries. Yeah. And so I think a lot of it was just from insecurity. The reason I ask is because I mean, I don't know if you guys know my story fully, but I had a big turnaround of, I was like far, far, far away in high school um, mm -hmm. and was deep in sin. They didn't really want anything to do with the church. I think I always believed in God and Christ, but I was not a fan of the church and I wasn't a fan of putting any effort into the church. I wanted to just do my own thing. And um, when I turned around and I'm finally here today and went through a huge, long repentance process, I realized like I needed to experience so much like, I don't know, evil feelings, so much like sin, so much deep in sin to realize to make me this person today. I kind of relate a lot to Alma the Younger because I think he needed to go through that mm -hmm. deep time to become such a powerful missionary. Um, but two, I wanted to ask you, do you relate you always like knowing and feeling for some weird reason that Christ was your savior, God existed, 
um, due to the premortal life. Cause I swear everyone I interview, they're just like, I don't know. Like I always just felt that way. And I was like, I, I relate it to the premortal life, but what do you think? Yeah. I mean, I, I think that might be part of it. Like the one thing I will share with my patriarchal blessing that it did say is it, uh, it just talked about how without getting into specifics, it just talked about how in the pre-mortal existence, I was, I was team Jesus for lack of a better term, like to paraphrase, I was team Jesus and I've been team Jesus and I'm going to continue being team Jesus if, if that's what I decide to do. Right. And so, yeah, I think who, who knows the nature, the exact detail of the nature of reality, but somewhere deep in my soul in my, in my intelligence, in my being, I have this connection with Christ and um, that said though, my relationship with him hasn't always been strained. Like, it's like, you can have, you have connection with, you can have a connection with a family member and you know that they're there. They know that they exist, but because of the way that you decide to live, you can have a strained relationship with them anyway, if that makes sense. Yeah. So then, no, that totally makes sense. So from when you had had that experience in like the seminary parking lot to then like becoming who you are today doing the stick of Joseph's YouTube channel, like what, like what made it so much stronger? Was it just kind of a natural growth from that point? Yeah. I mean, just to, just to keep it short, cause you know, there's, we got two of us here. Yeah. <laughs> yes. But to, keep it, to keep it short, my mission, there was one decision that I made that was really good. Like I said, I was always the friend who was like pushing the boundaries. Like I, I was the first friend that said the F word in high school. I was yeah, the yeah. first, I would be like, <laughs> showed them how to, or I, we watched the first rated R movie with me. You know what I mean? Like that's, that was me in high school. I remember being on my mission sitting there. It was like the second day and someone was just giving a, a talk on obedience as they do, you know, in the MTC. And, And I was sitting there and I was just like, you know, my whole life, I've always been trying to like get as close to the line without crossing it as possible. What if I just stopped doing that? What if I, instead of ask, oh, what can I get away with? I start asking, what should I be doing? What would Christ do? And I made that decision on my mission. And (laughs) like, that was such a good decision for me. And that really, it really changed the trajectory of my life and the way that I look at the gospel. And then, and then just shortly to say after that, I had, you know, when I got home from my mission, still struggle with pornography, uh, not nearly as heavily as I did before, but during that repentance process and not only just a repentance, but like the, I guess it still is repentance in that changing myself and, and overcoming that bad habit. I just, I just cemented a deep relationship with Jesus Christ and it all just kind of went from there. And now I'm just at this point where flesh and blood like it just doesn't matter. I'm worried about this, the souls, my soul, his soul, everyone's soul. That's what I care about. I care about bringing people to Jesus. The, the, the strife that's happening politically, the things happening in popular culture, they just don't interest me at all because at the end of the day, you are an intelligent being that is co-eternal with God. You are his offspring and you have the ability to become like him. And my my work and what I want to do is help people become like that. And to me, this book right here, the Book of Mormon, does like, like, I just can't, I can't explain more just how important this is. And when it comes to the clarity of doctrine of how to become like our Heavenly Father, there's nothing more clear than that. And so that's kind of, in short, the why. 
for me. Whoa, that was powerful, bro. When you were speaking, <laughs> I thought about the scripture um, where it says the sons of Mosiah, they couldn't, they like trembled at the thought or even the like view of people who dwindled in unbelief and they like couldn't help it. And they went out and just, they, that's why they wanted to go teach because they couldn't stand people who were dwindling in unbelief because of how much Christ had changed them. They were like, these people have no idea what they're missing out on. That's it, man. That's it. Yeah. That's awesome. All right. Are we ready to hear Jackson's? Buckle up. And then after you <laughs> oh, share yeah, yours, we might have some, me and Shinobun might have some questions and then we can finish up because I know you guys need to go. I got one question. I got one question. Go, go, go. One question. So I'm digging the vibes. I'm digging the vibes of what you experienced. Um, when you were going through, as you said, peer pressure, um, I understand yeah. that being in Utah, you're living in a bubble. We, you know, it's of course it's you know, you can be exposed to the outside world. That sense of insecurity that you are feeling, and I'm sure millions, thousands of youth, YSA, all teenagers, pretty much, all yeah. teenagers are experiencing, but especially ones that are struggling, um, being members of the church. Um, you know, being brought up in families can trace the generation back to the pilgrimage. Mm-hmm. Um, how how easy was it to slip into it? And how, when exactly did you start noticing it? Like in the back of your head, it, there should be something going, I don't think this is all right. But of course, you know, as kids were like, ah, now nah, I'm having yeah. a good time. But it, there should have. There must have been a time where, even for a brief moment, you could. There's still small voice would have been spoken, speaking to you. For sure. Do you? Yeah. Do you remember so, that? Yeah, I do. And I. This is how I kind of think of it. Living in Utah is awesome because there's so many members of the church, but it's also there's a danger that goes with it, and the danger that goes with it is that, um, you don't. It's hard to recognize the change in water temperature of the water. If you're just in lukewarm water, does that make sense? It's really easy to be apathetic here in Utah because we're just surrounded by, we're surrounded kind of inculcated in that bubble. Like you said, at the same time though, the, the kids that are making not so good decisions are usually members of the church as well. And so then there's this weird gray line where maybe the people that are drinking, if you live in some other state, the kids that are drinking are usually, they're not members of the church. And so it's almost easier to hold yourself to a higher standard because you want to set as an example, you're different than everyone else. But when you're all kind of part of the same club, then it's really easy for lines to get blurred. And, and I think that's one difficulty is when you're hanging out in, in around people that are like you, it's really easy to get apathetic. And I do remember though, just, you know, hearing the still small voice and ignoring it sometimes, ignoring it, ignoring it on purpose. And luckily the the still small voice never completely disappeared from me in my quiet moments, but it, uh, there were so there's so many things for youth that are distracting. There's the peer pressures. There's the social media. Pornography is a huge one where it just like it 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 messes with you super bad. And it was in that chaos that I just wasn't able to get clarity until finally I stepped out of it and and did that. So love it, love it, mean. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. I we just did a um, episode 
where we were talking about Utah Mormons and how people talk about how terrible it is. And we've had a couple conversations on the podcast before me and Shinabun about how like there's benefits and there's also some bad things about it, but that's in every culture. And we talked about how President Nelson said there's like three labels we should have and Utah Mormon is not one of them, right? But let's get into Jackson's story. Let's see where, why you were so like Nephi. <laughs> right on the path, straight yeah. and narrow. Now, I didn't mean to paint myself as just like this perfect kid. I'm just saying that I was able to live mediocre because he lives so sick. And he's been around, <laughs> he he has been charged with contributing to the delinquency of my Hey, whoa. And I never I never was. So he wasn't perfect. <laughs> yeah. I'm on a background check right now. It's clean. It's clean. I'll be <laughs> nice, nice, nice. But hey. Um I'd say uh just looking back and in preparation for this, I was just trying to think of like when the first time I like I felt God's presence. And kind of like Hayden, um, I, I feel that I always, well, I had some cool experiences with prayer early on as a kid. And I won't get into those because a lot of them are like small little things, but they were pivotal moments in my spiritual progression to just understand that I do have a father in heaven that cares what I'm saying as an eight-year-old about my pet lizard or something like that yeah. and finding that. and. And so just going throughout high school, I, I wasn't super valiant in, um, in my practice of my beliefs, I don't think. And it wasn't really until like my senior year that I kind of realized the need to shape up just because I saw friends taking different paths in life. And we have grown up with, in a family that we have been able to see the outcomes that occur when you don't follow the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we've been able to see that in, in a very stark way. And I always, with our extended family, with our extended family and we love them so much. And, uh, we love spending time with them. It's just, we've had the opportunity to see, okay, this is kind of the, the pathway that, um, you know, the, the results that come from living this type of life. And so I always wanted to stay away from that to a certain extent. And it got me to the point where I knew that being that Hayden got back from his mission about a year before I left, like he came back just a stalwart dude, just like such a good guy. And our mom is so awesome because when he got back from his mission, she decided to, she's like, you guys should share a room again. Like, <laughs> even though he's a 21 year old dude and uh, you're 18, like, you guys should share a room. And I, I'm so grateful she did because soon after um, he got back from his mission, I remember the first night he got back, uh, we're like, all right, let's, let's say our prayers. And I like, I said my whatever 12 second prayer that I probably hadn't said in months or years. <laughs> and then I get on my bed and then he's just like on his knees, like praying for an absurd amount of time. It probably wasn't that absurd. Okay, well, in my mind, I'm like, Ew, yeah. longer than a two, like one minute prayer. Like, I, <laughs> I remember he was just on his knees and like, after he got up, I just remember it was awkward because I knew that what I had done, like, I wasn't really talking to God. I was just reciting some things so I didn't feel as much guilt <laughs> as I was feeling. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It was a weird thing. And then, um, I I don't know if it was that first night, but soon after I was going through some like French struggles and some other stuff like that. 
And I was kind of just like offloading all this stuff that I really didn't have someone close enough to share with while he'd been gone. And like I dumped all this stuff off my chest and he just kind of sat there. I remember he's like, he's like, Jack, I, I'm grateful that you you share these things with me, but do you share these things with God? And um, and he might not even remember saying that, but it was such a crazy moment that I have looked back to so many times um, to realize the importance of talking openly with my heavenly father. And I saw that on my mission while I served in Portugal. And there's a lot of Catholics out there that, you know, just say the it's called Pino. So like our father who are in heaven, you know, and teaching them that, you know, we really should have open conversations, just like we are talking with each other now with our heavenly father. I don't believe that when Enos had his experience of conversion and being forgiven of his sins, that whole day he wasn't just reciting some some prayer that really didn't have a meaning. Please bless the food; they'll nourish him straight into us. You know, I I strongly believe that he he was wrestling with God. He was he was laying it all out there and just fighting with these feelings of sin that he had within him, um, and so. I had some just really pivotal experiences on my mission that showed me I didn't have the same experience in the MTC as Hayden did, but I remember I was reading through the Doctrine and Covenants for the first time. And in section 76, when it's talking about the three degrees of glory of heaven, I remember reading about the description of the the terrestrial kingdom, right? And it says that they are they who are not va- who are not valiant in the testimony of Jesus. And I started to think of like, what is what is valiance? Like, what does that look like for my personality? You know, who 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 I am, you know, what I'm saying I don't think that necessarily you have to go on a street corner and, you know, proclaim that you're a follower of Jesus Christ and everyone has their different gifts and capabilities. But I just saw that it was identifying what gifts and talents God has given me and maximizing the crap out of them for the cause of Christ. And I saw some just awesome payoffs from that in my own personal conversion and also in the lives of a lot of others. I I had the opportunity of meeting and then coming back from a mission, like I was the last one to come back from all my buddies and a, a couple of them, you know, after just months of getting home have already started to, you know, go a different route and revert back to a lot of high school behavior and even, you know, a bit more extreme. And I went and visited him my first week back and started learning about the dudes have, you know, started to fall away even a couple months after their missions. And I was like, dang, like, like I want to stay as far away from that as possible. And so Hayden had enlisted in the United States Marine Corps Reserves like in September. I got home in January of 2020 and he left about a month after I got home. And I was just really pondering and thinking like, okay, I have served a mission. I, I've been able to understand why it is so important to stay rooted in Jesus Christ. But like, what kind of a man do I want to be? And I put uh, one thing I <laughs> against my mom without my mom knowing the day I was going before I went to boot camp, you have like your whole family go to the recruiters office uh, to like learn what's going to happen during boot camp before you leave. 
and I told Jackson to go. And were you there before we got there? Yeah. And my mom gets there and like, what are you doing here? <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'll get some info. I'm not some ignorant fool. Like, what? What? Do I know everything? But me joining was totally out of left field because I was 24 when I graduated boot camp. And I'd never even thought about joining the military. So Jackson was kind of like, what the freak? I know. So <laughs> then I got the info. But then I, I went to have my father. And this is like the scariest thing because I'm like, what, what am I gonna be some weirdo wearing camouflage? Like, I, I don't, like my perception of the military was just like weird ROTC kids that like wore those tan backpacks and like were narcs and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and so I was like, Dude, I'm not gonna do that. So then I had a really powerful experience in the temple that God gave me an anchor when I asked him to that told me I needed to do that. And in boot camp is when I think my faith truly turn conscious because it was challenged every single day and if you tell another marine that you're like oh why don't you drink it's like oh because god said not to they'll be like oh you freaking nerd like yeah <laughs> okay so, like invisible dude saying no but like i had to really figure out di dissect all my beliefs and figure out why it is at the root logically i believe that that was the best way to live and then understanding to the max that I could spiritually why it is that I should continue to live that way. And bro, it was like six months of just like being asked every single day why I believe what I believe and then going in the scriptures and just figuring it out. And what a spiritual friggin crucible that was. It was it was awesome. You guys are question. I don't know. Dude, uh, you should share. You should share the scripture. You uh, Would you feel comfortable sharing that? Dude, honestly, I would because yeah. it is, dude, Heavenly Father is such a good guy. If you just watch this, this, uh, this clip right here, just know that Heavenly Father is a good guy and he listens to your prayers. Okay. So I, I served as an ordinance worker in the temple about five months before my mission. And when I got back, I was so hyped to get back at it. And in my first shift back, um, I had felt like small spiritual conversation, com uh, comfort formations that i should join the marine corps but i'm like dude that's such a huge crazy life decision that like heavenly father i need something to look back to and be like yeah no doubt this is what i'm supposed to be doing and so uh serving it as an ordinance worker it's awesome they like schedule in 30 minute study sessions and i had 30 minutes of study during the last 30 minutes of my shift and i went to the celestial room and I sat there with the triple combination kind of like this. And I remember having a conversation with God, like, all right, like I, I feel good about this and I'm totally willing to just throw myself in, but Heavenly Father, please give me an anchor. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to open up this triple combination and do the flipping point and please help me to have that anchor, bro. Like so entitled to me, but like I, I had all the faith in the world. I'm like, God, you... Add, add a verse in this book if you have to to like say Jackson you need to do this because I if it if it is I will go I will go and uh when I got back from my mission I just referred to Hayden as Captain Moroni um because I'm like all right dude this guy's gonna be some military leader whatever Captain Moroni and so anyways I say that prayer I bust open the scriptures point bottom left and this is the scripture that I turned to. It was Alma 53 verse, <clears throat> verse 2. And it says, And Moroni went to the city of Mulek with Lehi, 
and took command of the city and gave it unto Lehi. Now behold, this Lehi was a man who had been with Moroni in the more part of all his battles. And he was a man like unto Moroni. And they rejoiced in each other's safety. Yea, and they were beloved by each other and also beloved by all the people of Nephi. And I knew in that moment that God was so good and that I needed to join the Marine Corps. (laughs) And I was like, and I have this video that I'll even just text you after this. I go and make a video after I leave the celestial room. I'm like, looks like I'm joining the Marine Corps. I don't even know what that means. But I was like, and I got, I got a letter. I was in boot camp, three weeks into boot camp, where you, you hate your life. Your head shaved. You're everyone's sick because you're, tr- you're tr- uh, in, in this little tiny squad bay with like 80 other guys. So everyone's sick and you all have this cough and you're just getting yelled at all day, just getting destroyed, right? It's absolutely miserable. And I remember getting a letter from Jackson. He's like, hey, bro, I joined the Marine Corps. And I'm like, I'm the worst brother ever. How did I convince him? <laughs> yeah, so he didn't know. Like, I, I kind of expressed the experience I had. But when I read like, like he was a man like unto Moroni. I was like, dang, dude, let's do it. And then it's funny because my first like second day at boot camp was his like last day, his graduation day. And so like when it says like he took command of the city and gave it unto Lehi, like it was crazy because we were at medical and they'll just pump you full of a bunch of vaccines. You have no idea what it it's is. It's like the first three days you're there, you don't sleep like at all you are you're just getting tons of shots it's absolutely <laughs> miserable and so i'm sitting there at medical like falling in and out of consciousness and my drill instructor's like who the freak is paul and i'm like it doesn't say freak though <laughs> oh yeah it says it again and then on the third time i'm like oh shoot that's me i'm paul and i'm like this recruit because you always have to refer to yourself in the in the third person as this recruit okay and so he's like get the freak up here and I go up there, standing attention. He's like, turn around, start walking. I start walking. And then I just see like a freaking Marine, like at parade rest, just with his hat down. And I stop and stand at attention and he raises his head. I read Paul. And I was like, good afternoon, sir. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I just start crying. I'm like, bro, what is this? <laughs> anyway, and then I graduate boot camp. He goes up to infantry training up at Camp Pendleton. And then my first weekend at infantry training was his last weekend. So he passed he, again. He passed the city on to me again. And Whoa, bro, it is. has it has been a wild ride ever since. And we're in the same unit now. And it's uh yeah, we've been we've been in the Marine Corps for four years. So yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Dude, that's Hoorah. so cool. Especially because you referred to him as Captain Moroni, like way before you read that, dude. That's so I cool. Know, <laughs> Sorry, Shinamoon, what was your question, bro? I'm just okay, so you were talking about you're you know, people were like, Why don't you drink? You're kind of getting questioned why you believe in God, and you were almost trying like Give yourself conversation. Yeah, like why? Why do I believe in God? During that situation, what were you feeling? Like, were you feeling this was a test? Were you feeling like was this a test of your own belief? Was this a test of your own character? Um, how you know? Do you were you falling to a point where you're just like, ah, oh, who cares what they think? Or we're like, oh, maybe I maybe I should you know kind of see what they're talking about. Were you feeling the pressure of 
moving towards him, following the the crowd of sheep's sheep to the cosmic slaughter. <laughs> yeah, that's a good question, dude. And it was actually like one of the first like days in boot camp. I was like, obviously God wants me to be here, and He told me pretty clearly, and He is going to help me get through this, and I need to rely on Him. And thinking back at that scripture, like. I need to be valiant in the testimony of Jesus Christ. Not like some self-righteous kid, but like I want to help these dudes around me coming in Christ because I know that that's going to get them through, you know? And it was after like, because the first week is just terrible. Like you don't sleep for the first like two, three days or whatever. And you're just getting yelled at. You have no idea what's going on. Kids that are leaving the house for the first time. And this is their first time away from home. They're like pooping their pants, bro. Like, literally and figuratively <laughs> i can tell you the story but they like they are freaking out and then comes out first sunday and by law they have to let you go to your church services and i went uh to a sacrament my first sacrament meeting in boot camp and sitting down just just first like not being yelled at like being able to sit down and breathe but then also singing singing how firm a foundation and looking looking around me it's just like i compared to like setting up shop like on the steps of the great and spacious building and like trying to talk to people every once in a while to come get them over to the tree and like singing that at, with the few people that you know went to church with me um i just i just knew that like Dude, this is it. This is where I need to be. And like, oh, it was such a peaceful moment. Mm -hmm. My my first Sunday was so awesome because I remember it was a baptism. So a guy had taken the missionary lessons in boot camp and he decided to get baptized. So I show and it's awesome because MCRD San Diego, which is where the boot camp is, it's right next to an airport, right? So there's constantly like planes flying over. And so it was my first Sunday there that they set up this little like makeshift font outside underneath the palm trees and there's like planes flying over i felt like i was in a movie dude and everyone's in camis except for the guy who's getting uh baptized and that's when i was just like ah dude this is amazing and dude when they first called out that first boot camp that first sunday and you're so tired and you're standing at attention at your locker and they're like lutherans your things at this time your things at this time I just started crying. I started like crying uncontrollably because I was like, I'm so grateful to live in a country where we can all worship however we please. And I thought that was so amazing because those who are the adversaries to the United States, like Russia and China, they're not going to allow for like diversity of thought or or religion to creep into there. It's like, you got to toe the line. But the fact that in America, we we all rally around our founding documents, the Constitution, the Declaration of Independence, and you can all worship God how you please or not worship God. And that just fired me up. And I think as Jackson, you know, would would also say, once you establish yourself as like, I'm a disciple of Christ. So really quickly, I was like, I think both of us were like, hey, we're doing, could you get free time? Like at the end of every day in boot camp? Hey, if you want to do scripture study with me, yeah, uh, come to this side of the squad bay or whatever. Like once you establish yourself as that person, it's way easy to keep your standards. 
because it's like they already know you as the Jesus guy. And <laughs> they, they would call me preacher. They call me preacher um, or daddy Paul because I was like old compared to all of them. And so <laughs> it's like once you do that, it's a lot easier to maintain your standard. So what I would say to anyone watching is let people know you are a disciple of Jesus Christ. You don't have to be in their face about it or, you know, pushy about it, but let people know that you believe in Jesus and you're going to find yourself way, it's going to be way easier for you to maintain standards because you're not going to want to desecrate the name of Jesus that you have taken on. Yeah, dude. And yeah, I remember doing that like the first night because they like call evening devotion. They let you like read your scriptures together. And like I called over, there's me and shout out to Ben Wadsworth. If you're watching this, I'm going to send it to you, bro. You are saving grace. Me and Ben Wadsworth, we get together, we read our scriptures and we invite other people. And at first, like no one came. And then the next time, like two. And then the next time, like three. And then soon we had like a group of like 10, 15 guys. And like, it was just a moment that we could feel peace. And like, to be that like receptacle, uh, to be like, I always make, do you know what like one of those overhead lights is that they use in elementary? Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. yeah. And they have that little bulb in there that like captures the light and projects it on there. Uh-huh. Yeah. Bro, if we could all be one of those bulbs, bro. Jesus, <laughs> he's the source of the light. He's going to shine. And if we are a clear enough bulb to be able to project that on the wall for people to look at and go to, then like that is such a gift and a blessing. And so to be able to be in a position to do that for six whole months, like was such a privilege and makes it so like, oh yeah, dude, that's why, that's why we're the cycles we are, bro. That Get like fired <laughs> up about the gospel. It's so awesome. It's, it's, it's incredible, bro. <laughs> Let's go, dude. That was awesome. I love it. I love it. I, love it. Um, I want to. I, I didn't know about like, you know how there's that one famous video of President Monson where he thought he was alone um, mm -hmm. when they were like, Lutherans meet here. And then he's like, what are you? And he's like, Mormon, sir. Um, like, I didn't know that was an actual thing. They still do that? Yeah. I mean, you're all standing at your lockers and they're just calling out the different church services. What? And, um, yeah. So it's, it was a, it was an awesome experience. That's so I, cool. I wouldn't do it again. Like if someone said go to boot camp again, I'd be like, all right, I'm done. I'm sorry, <laughs> but I'm glad that I did it. Okay. So I have a question for both of you. From being converted and having these like big experiences to like know the church is true, Christ is your savior, um, God is your loving heavenly father. What have you done to be converted? Because there's a difference between testimony and conversion. And you can you can know like 1000% like this church is true. But like being converted is like acting upon what you know to be true. So like what have you done to like stay converted every day? I think I think it's daily conversion. I think you have to be or else you'll you'll lose it and you'll only have to rely on testimony from a long time ago. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um dude, I I think it's this. So in, in boot camp, it was so sick because I was I was put into a position where I had to be, you know, I had to be the Jesus dude, like Hayden's saying. Like I set a standard for myself. I, you know, claimed I I'm a member of the Church of Jesus Christ Latter-day Saints. Everyone knew it. So then I put myself in a place of accountability, right? And I get home and like I don't really have that anymore because I'm back in the Utah bubble, right? And I uh yeah, honestly, in a lot of senses, I struggled after that because I was, you know, back in the in the warm water, you know, around my people. And so it's not like I had to be, 
you know, this crazy example. And, and then I'm like, dude, I, I, I have to have this accountability to keep me, to keep me going. And so I went and started working. Um, I started, well, I was COVID during the time and the, the temples were closed, but I started to do like, uh, come follow me studies with my buddies who had gotten home from their missions early, uh, because of COVID and, you know, they had little brothers and friends and we would go and teach them and have these like mission preps. And then, uh, I recently, this last year, uh, became a trip leader for this organization called HXP. And essentially you are in a position to care for about 20 teenagers in a foreign country and you do a humanitarian service project and you do morning and evening devotionals splits with the missionaries. You are basically, you are there to help them to come unto Jesus Christ. And for you to effectively do that, you yourself have to be coming unto him every single day or else it's not really going to be a profitable venture. And so putting myself in a position like that to have to, you know, keep myself in check so that I can help other people to come unto Christ and also doing this, you know, this YouTube channel, like we have, we just got a, a text from someone the other day saying that, you know, they came across one of our videos and got intrigued in the Book of Mormon again, sent it to their husband and he was he, not a member. He was not a member. And he started to read the Book of Mormon, got intrigued, and then invited the missionaries over. And now he's getting baptized. Whoa. And like, dude, like that is so sick to me, bro. And like, <laughs> why would I not want to, you know, be valiant in my belief and my testimony in Jesus Christ to help other people to do that? And so, yeah, just putting myself in position to be accountable as a disciple of Jesus Christ, bro. That's that's it for me. I was for sure. Uh, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go <laughs> ahead. No, I was, I was just gonna say, yeah. For me, it's like I got to get into this. I can't. This this phone can be such a distraction from this. And even if you're, you know, consuming good content, right? Like even the stuff that we're making, it cannot be a replacement for getting into the scriptures yourself. You have to get into the scriptures yourself, and. Um, one other thing that I will say, yeah, doing this, this, uh, book of Mormon channel, the stick of Joseph, that has been huge into my conversion because do we get destroyed in the comments sometimes, you know <laughs> what I mean? And what by destroyed is just people are ruthless towards us Yeah, saying that we're brainwashed, that we're this or that we're so stupid. We're defending a pedophile, this, like whatever, yeah. you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And it's exhausting. Like we have at this point, we've had thousands of comments and a good half of them are probably negative towards us. And so we have to ask. And here's the thing is, I don't just shrug them off as like, oh, no, we engage with these people. Like, I get on the phone with them like all the time. Like I'm in the DM sending voice messages back and forth. Yo, that's I think cool. I think shying away from critics or shying away from opposition, like we read in the scriptures. There must needs be opposition in all things, not just for opposition's sake, but so that we may grow, so that we may be put in a position to be able to develop an answer to give a reason for the hope that is within us, bro. Mm -hmm. That scripture is so gangster because it it's so true that, you know, like I like I said, going back to boot camp, like I could have just said, like, oh, it's because, you know, God commands us to not do that. You know, how effective is that really gonna be at the end of the day? I really feel that figuring out the nitty gritty of every single belief 
why I believe in God, why I believe that God sent his son, Jesus Christ, why Jesus Christ called Joseph Smith as a prophet, like going, starting at the basics, bro, like you can't shy away from, from critics and stuff like that. If you're going to be, you know, honest and wanting to be valiant in your testimony. Yeah. And just the recognition though, that there's just always going to be critics and like, I'm okay with being on this team. If that makes sense. Yeah. I'm okay. It's like, uh, it's like football players, you know, when they go to play at the, the other, the opposing team stadium, it's not like they feel ashamed that they're, you know, the 49ers and they're playing against the chiefs. You know what I mean? It's like, they understand they're on the team they're on and they're proud about being on that team. And it's not, it's, I'm not trying to make it like a team thing, but I guess what I'm saying is I, it's caused me to recognize I want to be a member of the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I really do believe in the Book of Mormon and I want to defend it. I really do believe in Jesus Christ and I want to be known as someone who loves and follows Jesus Christ. And whatever hatred comes with that, I'm okay with. Let's go. Bring yeah. more. Let's honestly. <laughs> I love it, dude. It is I love dude. it. And we've had times where we've like call and be like, bro, did you read that comment? And like sometimes they cut deep. And what I've realized <laughs> is a lot of times deep. It, there's probably some realm of truth in there. And so you have to, you know, then you ask yourself the question, what do I need to learn from this? You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. So. Dude, I was literally just about to say like that me starting my channel has helped me like convert so much deeper. We have different focuses, but me hearing other people's reasons why they believe has like changed my testimony so strong. And I thought before I started this, I was like, I have a pretty strong testimony and conversion, but like hearing we're at like 27 episodes or something like after hearing this many you're just like holy crap like i didn't realize that's what i needed to hear in their experience like broaden my testimony so that's so funny i was literally just about to ask you guys how that's helped grow your testimony also Sick, i what what's crazy is like right now we're at over like probably 24,000 around 24,000 followers right now and like even at the very beginning like i remember i had like zero followers and i'd post a lds content and like somehow anti-Mormons would find it. I was like, I have zero <laughs> followers. Like how, and how? They're the only ones who, they're the only ones who comment, you know, and you're like, dang. No, dude, it would like blow my mind. I was like, how the freak did this reach? Like I have zero followers and it's like the only five comments are like, this is like blasphemy. This is like Joe Smith was a pedophile. <laughs> like, I was like, what? Like, how did dude, you but, find this? Dude, it's that stuff. They don't understand. And this is why I'm completely fine with it. The way social media works is the more engagement, the more it gets it out there. So yes, we're getting tons. Like our <laughs> our video that our Instagram start to gain traction uh, has like two hundred thousand views, and you read the comments, and eighty percent of them are negative, eighty yeah. percent. But that's what got that video got us from like thirteen hundred followers to like eight thousand followers. So because of all those people just trashing on it, it at least got it. <laughs> some of those people that want to learn yeah, and that yeah. are interested. So there, there is a benefit to your algorithm not distinguishing between pro-LDS and, <laughs> and, and, yeah, yeah. and critical content. Yeah, you'll see all the time, we'll send a message like, hey, here's our email, reach out to us. And then once they reach out to us with their email, we'll hop on the call with them. Because what you realize is you can't answer the questions of the soul in a YouTube comment section. <laughs> And so I don't even try. I'm not going to try to explain to an evangelical why the Book of Mormon isn't a 
you know, a concoction of a cult leading devil worshiper. Cause it's just, it's not <laughs> going to work. I I'm happy to talk to him and we try to talk to as many people as possible. And you know what? The tune always changes whenever, if we don't go back at them hard, like what happens a lot of times is just this escalation, right? So it's like, you said a mean thing about us. I'm going to say a mean thing about you. So, oh, Mormons are uh, are a cult. And then you're like, well, evangelicals are, they believe in this stupid thing or whatever. And it just escalates. Yeah. But if they say Mormons are a cult, oh, that's interesting. Why do you believe that? Well, because this and this and this. Oh, thanks for sharing. I appreciate your comments. There are answers to hear. And if you're interested in hearing them, shoot us a DM or email us and we'd be happy to hop on the phone with you. And every single time we do that, we don't always agree at the end, but we're able to have a productive conversation and there is like a level of com- like love that comes from it. You know? yeah. so. Understanding, a level of understanding as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's really good advice for me too. Cause oftentimes, sometimes I want to comment, like you'll see on my comments, sometimes I'll comment back and be like, ha 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 ha. And like, that's it. Yeah. Like, just cause I, I like think their comments are so stupid that I'm like, ha, 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 ha. like, but I'm like, I need to be more Christ-like cause I get so annoyed yeah. sometimes. In their worldview, what they're saying makes sense. Right. And we have to like, be like, oh, if you grew up a Baptist and your preacher has said all of these crazy stuff and that's all, you know, then I understand why you would say that. But yeah. because we have more context, it kind of is funny to us, you know, and that is the natural reaction to be like. Oh my gosh, this is so stupid. I can't even believe it. But yeah. we, it's really hard to push that off and to actually give, you know. That's uh, true. Yeah. That's like a good call to repentance for me because oftentimes I comment back, like, bro, hop out of my page or something like that, or like, get out of here. Like, just because I'm like, all no, the comments. You want them there. You want them there. <laughs> right. bro. You're channel conversion to Christ, bro. We want them converted to Christ, bro. Bro, send me your address. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> now I'm going to start literally saying, like, yeah, dude, like send me a message and we can talk about it because usually like they'll they'll comment down to like a copy and paste of a website of like why Joseph Smith was a pedophile. And I'm like, dude, get off my page. Like every com- every <laughs> video you comment this. OK, yeah. but yeah, we sorry that this has been kind of rushed, but really a lot of good sp- experience that you guys shared. Um, And I'm super grateful that we had the opportunity to hear why you guys do this big channel, The Stick of Joseph. Everyone listening, go check out their channel. It's really cool, um, especially if you want to dive into the Book of Mormon um, more than just reading, but beyond that, uh, it's really cool. I've enjoyed it since I got home from my mission. And I also, I'd like to ask you guys real quick in your last words is what, what would you tell someone who is struggling if they know the Book of Mormon's true? You go first. Yeah. Dude, all I'll say is... We hear that quote, make the main thing. The main thing is to make the main thing, the main thing. And the main thing is Jesus Christ. (laughs) If you use everything at your disposal to be a tool to approximate yourself with Jesus Christ and our heavenly father, like the book of Mormon is going to change your life. The Bible is going to change your life. Going to church every Sunday can change your life. If the if the focus is always Jesus Christ, the Book of Mormon, as it says in the ti- in the in the introduction, that any man can come closer to Jesus Christ than by reading any other book, by abiding by its principles, by reading and abiding by its principles. I I have seen that in my own life, and 
I I truly believe in what Jesus Christ said that by your their fruits you shall know them, and the fruits from living the principles that are outlined in the Book of Mormon and other testament of Jesus Christ are so sweet that I will never forsake them. And so, read, ponder, act, and pray. And I think it's a cool recipe for an awesome experience. For sure. And I'll, I guess I'll just finish with, <clears throat> to me, like, you know, we talk about evidences of the Book of Mormon a lot. And they're awesome. There's a lot of really cool physical evidences. And I love it. But the greatest evidence that this book is divine and it is the word of God is that when you, as Jackson said, live by its precepts, you will have Christ's image ingrained on your countenance. And that's, to me, the greatest evidence is I become more like Jesus when I read this book and when I apply its principles. And that's it. And so what I'm going to say to everyone watching, when you're done watching this, don't go to the next video. Get into the scriptures. Read the scriptures. Boom. <laughs> yes. And yes. like and subscribe before you turn this yeah, on. <laughs> like and subscribe first, then read the scriptures. <laughs> bro. If you want to. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys so much for coming on. This has been awesome. You guys are a beast. God bless you guys. Let's yeah. go. All right, everybody. This has been Conversion to Christ podcast. We are super grateful we had this episode. And if you guys want to go check out Stick the stick of joseph um then go click the link in the description below and we'll see you on the next one bye bye